0: but it's like, this is the moment we've been waiting for. So like, please contribute your gifts and abilities. Thank you so much.
1: Exactly. If you're a superhero and someone is in need, you have to activate your powers.
0: So, oh, thank you. I love <laughs> the <superhero laughs> metaphor 100%. Like, and we're seeing the Batman signal in the sky and it's like, oh shit, that's mine. I got to Let me put my outfit on real quick. Right? <laughs> right.
2: Get your cape out. Welcome to the raw and wild hearts, a place where the raw, the unfiltered, the wild hearts gather to celebrate triumphs and hardships, learn from each other, grow together, and break down a culture rooted in fear. We will talk, we will laugh, and we will lean on each other about everyday life experiences that we could all use a little support through, and then we'll bask in the wild, magical beings that we are. My philosophy is that by embracing the dark, we may just let in the light. I am your host, Lori Rising. Healer, educator, writer, adventurer, retreat leader, birth defender, and animal enthusiast and activist, along with my wild heart sidekick kitty, Jesus the Brave, we'd like to invite you to get excited about the wild heart revolution. Hello
1: everyone! Welcome to today's episode, Hello airy Season! It's called It's Time to Shine with astrologer Colin Bedell. This conversation is off the astrological hook y'all and it's coming out for the spring equinox, equal parts light and day, an extra special energy boost, as well as the astrological new year! We are finishing up the Zodiac with a lot of Pisces energy in a bunch of planets with a welcome boost of Aries forward motion to kick it all off. That's why I'm sharing this energetic, fun, tantalizing exchange with you. In all respects, it's meant to change the world. Colin has such a gift at digging deep and hitting it where we all need right now to move forward in a new earth where we function with critical thinking astrology referencing, and brighter and bolder inclusive frameworks. If you are a lover of astrology, buckle up. You're about to go on a wild and aligned energetic ride. If you're new to it, hold on because this will get you even more excited to dive in. We get into personal planets, reflection work, manifestation, coming together for a new earth, the biggest transit of 2021, some big inspirations, and in general, a heck of a lot of fun, babes. I'm so stoked to release this to the universe. If you are new to this podcast, welcome to the Wild Heart Revolution. I'm so happy you're here. Please hit that subscribe button and do check out the previous episodes. There's so much magic in all of them from astrologers Molly McCord and Annie Botticelli to van lifers to all the people out there creating a frequency of light, love, and bad assery. We also love your star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you get something of value, please share it so the show gets into more ears. I thank you and thank you. If you really want to get into some mad love, though, we have a Patreon page. And right now, if you jump in for as little as $3 a month, you will get the special bonus gift of my amazing, if I don't say so myself, affirmations recording that will be available in a couple of weeks. I rarely find someone that I can really vibe with when I'm looking for affirmations, so I'm just making one for all of us to vibe with. It's going to be spirit shifting. And you'll get a bonus audio from every episode as well as shout outs when you do join the Patreon Wild Heart Warriors. The link is below in the show notes, as always. For everyone interested in the affirmations recording, though, hit up my email list at therawandwildhearts.com and you'll get lots of very exciting content. I promise. And lastly, let's check in about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P. They're a wonderful platform for online therapy and can be supportive in a plethora of ways, but they do not replace in-person medical support. If you feel like you need more for your mental health, which is in-person or with a diagnosis, BetterHelp might not be the aligned option for you, but BetterHelp is an amazing platform for people that are in the vibration of online therapy with all of its benefits that it provides. It's a professional counseling network in the comfort of your own home. Y'all know I'm a huge advocate for mental health support. It can unlock some of the deepest programming that we didn't even know was there. So I've engaged with mental health therapy on and off throughout my life. And at this point, the kind of therapy that BetterHelp offers is really aligned for me. So check in with yourself, drop into your own knowingness and intuition to make that decision if this is something that can be supportive in your path to health, wellness, joy, and alignment. They truly want you to have an easy and supportive experience. So if your therapist isn't a great match, they help you find a better match. There are millions of people accessing BetterHelp as part of their mental health routine. And as a Wild Heart Warrior, you get 10% off your first month when you go to www.betterhelp, that's H E L P, dot com forward slash raw and wild hearts. As always, the link is in the show notes below. Okay, on to today's episode. Colin Bedell is a queer Gemini twin from Long Island, New York. He's a passionate student of secular personal growth systems and the universal spiritual themes explored in A Course of Miracles. Well and Good magazine listed Colin as one of the most influential people in the wellness industry and as a 2020 innovator. Complementing his work with Queer Cosmos, Collins, the weekly horoscope writer for Cosmopolitan.com. His best-selling first book, A Little Bit of Astrology, from Sterling Publishers, debuted November 2018. His second book, Queer Cosmos, The Astrology of Queer Identities and Relationships, which launched last November, was ranked the number one astrology book for beginners by The Daily Dot magazine. And his third book, Gemini, by Sterling, debuted in January 2020 please welcome colin bedell hello colin thank you for joining the wild heart revolution hello, thank you so much for having me laurie it's an honor to be here uh first of all huge spiritual crush wow. just gotta say that second of all i like to start with a toast or a prayer okay. to the wild heart warriors in our light especially our dark and in all of our magic and glory may we continue to elevate consciousness through honesty humor humility gentle care soul-wrenching growth and ownership and to us and to the journey of astrology and self-discovery being fun kick-ass and sprinkled with a whole lot of love yes
0: (laughs) yes that's exactly the prayer that i needed today thank you for leading me in it i appreciate it
1: oh my gosh absolutely thank you for answering my call and being here i'm so excited like giddy spirit giddy is not even like covering words don't cover it so let's get into it there's so much to do uh first of all how i connected with you the lovely chris corsini oh my god
0: the Gemini divinity among us all.
1: Four for the price of two. Ruth, you two, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and When we did an Instagram live, I, I might have said something along those lines. of like, well, there's four of us here because there were two <laughs> Gemini's in the room. I oh my he, gosh. And he really is like, to me, like the Gemini icon. Like, you know, fluent in so many languages, such a connector, so engaging and like deeply, deeply, deeply generous. Mm-hmm. Like, I just really, I see that about him. He's a, he's a delight. He really is.
1: Uh, that's funny because I was just going to describe your conversation together as a delight. Oh my God. Okay,
0: because so, <laughs> like, It's just like G- Gemini energy flowing. And I think he's just so like collaborative and connecting. And that's, it was nice to see that reflected and testified in his experience, because that's how I've experienced Gemini energy since the very beginning. And so when I saw him just like, so connecting and kind and collaborative and including people, I was just like, yes, this is the best of our sign.
1: Absolutely yeah. and he's he like sticks to his conviction which I love.
0: That's true. That's very true. Yes, he does. He really yeah. does.
1: <laughs> I have to tell you that the two of you have helped me embrace my gemini moon in such a different way.
0: Uh, I'm so glad because I was like, I was going to ask you as soon as we met, like, what's your top three, right? But I was like, no wait, because we're probably going to want it in conversation. Good. So tell me about that and how you went from seeing it previously to after you had exposure to us, you know, infected by the Gemini boys. What now? How are you seeing it differently? Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. So I've always seen it as like this kind of curse of like, I see the grass as greener on both sides.
0: Right. <laughs> You're like what side am I on? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I know because I'm like, I want to travel the world. I want an acreage, you know, by the lake, and I want to. It's like I want to do everything. I want to be with you, but then I don't want to be with you.
0: <laughs> so I want to be with you sometimes when I don't want to be with you at the same time. <laughs> it's really
1: confusing.
0: I know. I know. <laughs> yeah.
1: So what I love about you, like I told you, I took a deep dive last night. I've been listening to your podcast. I've been reading your Instagram. Like I want to feel the connection. Yeah. What I love about you is that you fully embrace everything about the signs. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of us can have like preconceived notions. If we've had a certain experience with an energy of a sign or whatever, even within our own chart, yeah. but you are all inclusive in every like sense of the word. Right.
0: I real thank you for noticing that. I really appreciate that testimony because yes, and not even in just the zodiac signs, but I don't even enroll in the premise that some astrologers do. I always wished that, you know, we had more astrological literature out there that posited different premises around where certain planets are in other zodiac signs and like what that testifies to, right? Because there are some schools of astrology that believe Mercury is only happy in Virgo and Gemini. But why? Mm you know, oh, because Mercury stands for this, like, there's a lot of frameworks in astrology that I find helpful in certain ways, but then unambitious in others. And so I'm taking a totally different vantage point of the universe is all inclusive. And so why is our astrology anything other than that?
1: I love that. I love it. It's it's just like curiosity.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and like that kind of Gemini, what I see is like, just totally irreverent, iconoclastic, I don't care that people believed in this for 4,000 years. I don't care. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so doing it from a totally different premise advantage point from curiosity, yes. And thank you for validating that. That means so much to me.
1: Right. And when you have such a deep, like, sovereignty in the way that you want to approach it, mm-hmm. I think that that draws people in in a different way. Instead of just being like, oh, I'm going to look at the classical part. I'm going to read the textbooks. This is how it has to be. Because... In all all honesty, all of life is fluid.
0: Thank you, Gemini Moon. Exactly. (laughs) And so what are we doing to create frameworks that are making space for things that we don't even know and we don't even know, we don't even know it yet?
1: Right, right. Oh my gosh. My favorite thing has always been when someone takes me out of my box because the box (laughs) box gets made, right? Like we're just, the box is being made around us and most of the time it's subconscious. And so when somebody shocks me, you know, my Ariesness can come out. But then I'm like, thank you.
0: <laughs> I knew there was Aries energy in here. I knew it because you mentioned sovereignty and you mentioned the deep dive and the excitement. You just greeted me with fire. So I'm like, where, where's the Aries? I smell a ram. Okay. Well, that makes it Right. And like, I think you appreciate the discovery, the yearning, the, oh, what if, right? That's what, I think that's why I get along so fabulously with Aries is because we're constantly trying to discover things that need, Need to be introduced in conversations and need to be introduced in friendship. So I love that. That's where you're at.
1: Oh my gosh. Absolutely. The, the last thing I wanted to say about Gemini's, like I have so many in my immediate family, my okay. biological mother, my father, my sister. So most of the time, if I would start dating one, I'm like, I can't, I can't have that much <laughs> because it's like they either with all of my Ariesness, and there is a lot, um, <laughs> they either love me or hate me. Mm, it's it's like it's like they're madly in love with me and they can't get enough of my energy and then the next day they'll be like stay back I cannot Mm -hmm. handle it and I'm like I'm too confused like I don't know (laughs) Which one is it today? Which one? Do you love uh, me today? Do you hate me today? Should I back off? Should I come in? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. So can you just signal? And then I won't take a (laughs) out. That's big Gemini energy where it's like, we love the intimacy and we definitely want those feelings of connection and we want to be kind of all in and engaged. And then that other twin is just like, and just make sure you're safeguarding your autonomy, make sure you're providing space, pull back a little bit so that you can miss and yearn and long for them again. So it's this constant, like, left foot, right foot in, maybe out to keep things exciting.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I like that. Exciting
0: is the word. Okay. Right.
1: (laughs) So since we're going there already, uh, let's talk about it. Let me see if I've got this right. You are sun, Gemini, moon, Cappy, Capricorn and rising Leo. Mm -hmm. yes, that is quite the energy mix there.
0: Molotov cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And, and I learned to, I love it. It's, it's definitely a kind of wide scope for sure. I like that in my top three, I have a mutable cardinal and a fixed sign. And I like that there's earth, fire and air. I really right. like that. Yeah. There's like a, a pretty wide scope, which makes me feel like, okay, I have adaptability and yeah, just an expansiveness to what I can do when I want to do it.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, what a beautiful range. Because I feel like I have so much fire. A lot of the times I felt like I'm not for human consumption. Like they can't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to be here because they don't know me. They don't understand me because there's just so much fire, right?
0: As soon as you started talking, I felt it. And I was like, good, because I need this energy. I need this life force. Okay. No, I, and the fact that you do have so much fire, I think looking at from a, you know, strength based perspective, always, you know, I think the universe has intentionality. And so it, it was intentional to give you so much fire, just as it is intentional to give everybody the astrology charts that they have. And so you represent that vibrancy, that life force, that power, that agency, the autonomy, the disruption, the, all of those things, which may make many people very uncomfortable and kind of sounds like a them problem, not a you problem. <laughs> you can just stay focused on being the most impeccable version of yourself. You let that fire energy out all the time.
1: Ooh. That was like super sexy. I was into those words. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right, yeah, big yes.
0: uh, energy, right. Wait, <laughs> so are you the Aries sun and Aries rising? I know you're a Gemini moon. Go ahead.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, Aries sun, Aries rising. Oh Aries- my God, both. Yep.
0: <laughs> okay, is Venus in Pisces?
1: Uh, my Venus is in uh, Gemini.
0: Love it. Okay, so that's why we're connecting. Do you have Pisces anywhere? Am I do,
1: I- Mars and Lilith.
0: Okay, I knew you had a Pisces planet somewhere. I was like, there's Pisces somewhere here. I
1: know I keep thinking that's my like for all of my fire and all of my fearlessness, I have this deep sensitivity that really throws people off. Yes. Like, like I'll cry. I could cry right now just because I'm so excited to be talking to you. I should be an actor.
0: (laughs) Which is very Pisces. No, I had uh, another astrologer tell me that like Pisces influence folks make phenomenal performers and actors and actresses. Yes, because they can cry on command. Right. Absolutely. No, absolutely. But I think I felt the soulfulness and the tenderness to you. Not that Aries doesn't have soulfulness and tenderness, but all of a sudden I started to hear like the wind chimes of the sea. And I was like, where's, do you have Pisces somewhere? So that, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So just to just to round off the little Aries fireness. I also have my Mercury, Chiron and Jupiter in there.
0: Wow. Okay, so you are Aries to like the fifth power, (laughs) right? Wait, how am I doing? How many air? Wait, sun, rising, Mercury, Jupiter... Did you and Chiron, five planets in Aries. Wow. See, no. Can I just say something about Aries influence, folks, really quick? Please, 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 please. Show, please. I'm like, I leave it to a Gemini. Let me just stamp on the outline here. Okay. Wait. So, as a gay man, I just want to share that I came out to Aries women the first more than any other zodiac sign that I know and I always tell that to Aries women because growing up and when I was in the closet they represented examples for me of what it meant to fearlessly own your desires and step into the room like I dare you to say something to me because you're going to lose the minute you open your mouth (laughs) and they were almost my emotional bodyguard and in like just inspirational figures of what it means to own who you are and own your desires without apology. And I think that's why they make such celebrated gay icons. Lady Gaga, Mariah Carey, Aretha Franklin, Diana Ross, Gloria Steinem, Shaka Khan, Celine Dion. You know, we're just like gay men eat this energy up for breakfast, lunch and dinner, okay? So I just wanted to share that. Like it was Aries women who I felt the safest to share my biggest shame with. And they were like, we love you anyway. Let us know if anything happens and we'll beat the shit out of whoever said it. That <laughs> <laughs> so that's such a tender spot in my heart for Aries women.
1: Uh, I love it. Thank you. That is so beautiful because yeah, I, as um, I, I'm a trauma informed body worker as well. And just with my wounded healer, with the sun and Chiron in my first house, <laughs> I can hold people's grief. In a way that I can just be in that space and Mm -hmm. not take it on. I've been doing this for 20 years. And so I can just like, I'll hold your deepest well of grief. Let's go there. I have no fear of it. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's why I've been called to do that for so long. Yes,
0: Yes, without a doubt. And who would think that like, you know, in traditional or classical or even mundane popular astrology, one would give Aries energy that credit.
1: Right, right, because it tends to get a, <laughs> tends to have a little different connotation sometimes.
0: Right, and I feel like sometimes, and again, they were working with the material they had, so I don't want to discredit the thousands of years worth or like what my colleagues are doing, and I don't believe in putting anyone down to make myself look better. It's none of that, but it is just so much like, are we recognizing how some of our analysis is deeply simplistic, and can we maybe move it forward to like give reverence to the fact that if Aries energy represents life force through owning our desires, why wouldn't they be sensationally trauma-informed therapists and practitioners because they know how to move from trauma treatment to trauma recovery? Why isn't that an Aries conversation?
1: Right. I just love how you're highlighting actually like the complexity of- the universe. We are part of the universe. So it's so complex and it's so fluid. We've been in such a linear culture that has given no room for that. And I love this wave coming on, especially of all of you astrologers like you and Chris Corsini and Jessica Legnato oh, Just-
0: Jessica forget her. I love her <laughs> with all my heart. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah she's also she's she switched things for me with the Cap energy as well. But I want to I want to talk about your. We're yeah, talking about you, so let's yeah. talk about that combination. Like, what I wanted to go into is, do you do much work with personal planets? Because I feel like people are really. Basically, they're being called to astrology now. It's not even like they're seeking it out. It's like their cells are calling them to it because we're. it's coming online. Like our nature is bursting open. And so I feel like it used to be, what's your sun sign? Right. Then it went to, what's your three? What's your sun rising moon? Now I feel like it's like, let's talk about your personal planets.
0: Yes. Right? Right. Yeah, 100%. It's like the graduation of like this curriculum. Yeah, no, I love talking about personal planets. I know actually Jessica Lignado's field is predominantly the outer planets because of the generational markers. And so like that's her research interest. And of course she goes into personal planets all the time, but that's where she feels most called. And I think for me and my uh, exploratory nature with the personal planets, most of my clients I think are at certain qualities in their life where they just need to be reminded of what the proposal of their natal chart is inviting them to understand about themselves. And so I tend to go right into that granular quality of here's what you're born as, as the moon, learning to become this as your sun, that process of becoming is filtered through your rising sign. Mercury is the way that you communicate. Mars is your planet of desire. Venus is your planet of relational intelligence. Does this land, right? Because I think what we try to do is really situate If these desires are there, it's just that the moment they go into their external world, because desire and autonomy and authenticity is so policed by the culture we live in, especially if you are occupying multiply marginalized identities. Mm -hmm. So my frame of reference is, let me just make sure that I speak to the proposal of this natal chart From a personal planet perspective and outwards, of course, especially if there are in the natal chart, you know, outer planet aspects to personal planets, conjunct the ascended moon, sun, Mercury, et cetera. And then just sort of say, is this who you want to be? Right? So that they can know, like we said earlier, if the universe has intentionality, then the universe is intended in you expressing this proposal. So, do everything you can to get out of your own way in that expression, <laughs> mm. right? Because the universe supports the planets revolving around the sun, it supports our four seasons, it supports our nature. So, of course, this would be supported. You just have to sit back and let it dream through you rather than you managing and controlling and predicting the outcome. Mm.
1: Do you feel like there's a major shift in that? I do. I feel like we had been in such a place of control and scarcity, quite honestly. And I feel like now there's just this invitation that is readily available to trust to be in the divine unfolding be in the divine timing and get out of our way with our tension timing
0: timing oh i love that i love that sensibility that's great yes i do because i think that if 2020 taught us anything it's that we don't know anything and so maybe we can just kind of step back and allow a different intelligence system to work through us and i think yeah people are definitely getting really activated around it i think what i'm seeing also is People's meaning, the meaning of what they thought was life, is crumbling and collapsing before their eyes. Mm -hmm. So I definitely want to have so much compassion for that. But yes, I see a grand sort of uprising of folks, and that's why the work that we're doing right now—it's essential. This is essentially our Olympic Games. We're here working. This is not dress rehearsal. You know? Do you agree? Go ahead. I
1: like—I so agree because when shit went down in 2020, I was like, "This is what I've been preparing for." This is what I am here for. Like, I, I literally would say that in my head, like, Lori, this is your time. Like, this is your show. Get your ass up. Do the things that you have been accumulating. This is it.
0: 100%. I know. And I've been, like, trying to justify that to my friends and family who think I work too much, which is totally true. But I have been saying, like, guys, this is the dress rehearsal is over. Like right. I, I really, frankly, do not have the luxury right now of going offline for three months. I mean, of course I do, but do I really not, not according to my values and my convictions. Right. So I got to be here working as hard as I can. I'm not going to burn out. I, I don't think I'm a savior or anything like that, but it's like, this is the moment we've been waiting for. So like, please contribute your gifts and abilities. Thank you so much.
1: Exactly. If you're a superhero and someone is in need, you have to activate your powers.
0: So oh, thank you. I love the <laughs> metaphor one hundred percent. Like, and we're seeing the Batman signal in the sky, and it's like, oh shit, that's mine. I gotta let me put my outfit on real quick, right? Right, get
1: your cape out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: So I couldn't agree more, and I think that's why if we are involved in personal growth and spiritual thinking, we need to be the most critically thinking, intelligent, biggest grown-ups in the room that we're in, because we have complementary wisdom as well as does everybody involved in particular movements. But it's really important for us to to feel that spine, to feel that that gravitas when we help, because I think now people are ready to hear things that they would not have been ready to hear in 2019. Absolutely. So we've got to make sure that we are communicating as effectively as possible with values and integrity and curiosity, because I think people are ready to hear things now than they weren't ready to hear before.
1: Yes, yes. And the critical thinking, that's what is so important. Just even kind of disengaging from the matrix, right? And disengaging from the constant flow of of what's the word I want to use? The
0: constant flow of like things of the material world. And of course, the miracles talks about your air to the laws of the non-material or the material world, whichever one you ascribe to. Mm -hmm. And so we can look at what's happening in the news. We can look at what's happening in politics. We can look at what's happening in 2020 from the racial pandemics to the COVID pandemics and say, okay, this is really happening. Mm -hmm. And we know it's not the full story. So Mm -hmm. what are we doing as metaphysicians beyond the physical? to make sure that we're talking about what's happening underneath and behind it so that this will pass with grace, accountability, and justice. And we will bring the new world together with us because we deny the effects of this material world over us.
1: Yes. You said that so much more beautifully than the word I was going to use.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I just
0: it. I was crazy <laughs> it was just, I was studying it that I was literally just studying it this morning. So naturally they came right out.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So you mentioned the Course in Miracles. So I just wanted to check real quick. What was your path to astrology? Like what drew you? Is it lifetimes of discovery that you're now honing into? Is it something that just came up this lifetime? Like how does that feel for you?
0: So funny you asked that. Yeah. every I've only done two uh, past life regression therapy experiences. And in both, they have mentioned that I've studied the planets and astronomy in previous lifetimes and i remember as a kid my first dream was to be an astronaut nice and yeah and i like and i loved sailor moon When I was growing up in the early 90s and like so I was just obsessed with these like badass women who had astronomical powers because they were they ruled the planets I was like yeah agreed like me too you know so (laughs) I always felt like a connection to this whole conversation but it was actually my mother who really kind of started me talking about it more effectively my beautiful cancer mother I'm in her childhood room right now and uh, I was around 11 or 12 when I really kind of was conscious enough to hear her say, oh, well, it's because you're a Gemini and I'm a Cancer. And I was like, what? She's a Cancer mom, naturally. And she had two Gemini twins, me and my twin sister. So it was always kind of just spoken about in the household because we were almost living proof of this conversation. And so really from 11 to my early 20s, I just started studying it more effectively and like going to the metaphysical bookstore aisles and just feeling a sense of belonging there. And then in my early 20s, during my second Jupiter return, so that was 23, 24, I had a huge kind of existential quarter-life crisis and really realized, wow, my best thinking got me here, as they say in recovery spaces, and I'm not happy with where I am. So universe, please reveal to me what I I, I even said God, I think it was the first time I said God out loud. And the next thing I know, Lori, I'm just on my computer watching this woman named Marianne Williamson talk about forgiveness on Oprah. And I was like, who is this woman? She's amazing, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And then she talked about this book called The Course of Miracles. And that was really it, you know? So that was 23, 24, I'm 31 now. Um, and I've been studying really the universal spiritual themes presented there in astrology. And then at my core, I'm a research nerd. There's no doubt about it. So I really love reading evidence-based research and developing clinical methodologies and bringing that into everything that I do. And that's kind of, I think, what's been baked into the cake of my work. Yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. I love it. And I wanted to acknowledge the word that you said before, which is you said metaphysician. Love it. Love (laughs) that word. Yeah.
0: Well, that's what we are. I mean,
1: that's what we are. I love it. And then let's go back. So my thought there is how incredible our biology is as well, like how strong it is, because I was adopted and I was raised in a Catholic family and I have been witchy to my core (laughs) for lifetimes, but like for sure in this lifetime. And like, I just kept trying to figure it out and it just, it never made sense, which made it hard to be here, all the things. And then when I met my mother at 19, my biological mother it was a mirror. Like she's witchy too. Like she was into the tarot. She had talked to somebody who said she would eventually meet me. Like it was crazy. And I'm like, Whoa, that is so strong. I feel like I should write a book about nature and nurture.
0: Uh yeah. And also yeah. I'm getting emotional a little bit because you're hitting my Mars and cancer nerve. <laughs> <laughs> like the family emotional influence. No, there's and like, yeah, the fact that this is so a part of our epidemiology, I think is the name of it, right? Where it's yeah. like certain proclivities are baked into our DNA. It's not deterministic by any stretch, but it is a certain level of resonance. Ah, I yeah.
3: love
1: that. Well, and that's why I love epigenetics. It's you know, it's the study of how our environment expresses our genes. Yeah. I always think of things like a plant. We're plants, right? We need sunlight, nourishment, water. <laughs> but I also think of our cells as plants. So as they open up, how are they expressing? how is the environment affecting them? How is that interchanging? How is it one versus the other or those together? What is that unfolding or unraveling that happens with everything together? And that I think is the fluidity that when we drop into it, we have such a huge level of clarity within ourselves.
0: Because I think we have a sense of peace in so far as knowing, wow, if I just let this energy do what it needs to do, just like plants bloom from the earth and position themselves to get the sun to then create oxygen to the atmosphere that energy can flow through me and and because it's interactive so wow I could stand to just kind of say well I'm the faucet not the water lamp not the light how do I let this energy work through me because I'm just here to be the vessel and if I do that could I stand to be more gentle and kind to myself and with others yeah and then we're just playing a completely different game in the world because we know we're not of this world, just like everybody else. We just happen to realize it when we did. And so our lives, I think, reflect that. And that's why we have that piece, like you said. Yeah.
1: yeah. And as we actually let go of the control that has kind of been programmed into us, we realize how magical we are! It's like the when you let go of the control, it's like that flower blooms and the magic just starts to come out, and things actually do start to magnetize around you and happen when you're not holding on so tightly that there's no energy flow, there's no movement.
0: Yeah, because you're we're in vigilance, we're in hyper protection, and you know, for trauma survivors and for people who've experienced significant things in their early childhood and adult years, that all makes sense, mm-hmm. and so that's why our work just you know lets them know. That there is a possibility of another way.
1: Mm. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That was beautiful. Also, mm. I wanted to talk about the fact that you have never had a drink.
0: Correct. Speaking of my mother.
1: <laughs> yeah. I listened to that story this morning, which is really incredible. And I also just heard you say what I would call maybe at 23, you had a dark night of the soul.
0: Oh, Yes.
1: Yeah. So most people would move to substance to numb themselves or distract themselves. So I'm really curious, how did you, how do you move through your dark night? First of all, I think your alignment must be like on point without <laughs> that distraction moving through your body and your cells. But how do you take yourself through the dark nights of the soul? If you're without that kind of crutch that a lot of us have chosen? Uh,
0: well, leave it to my mother once again, because, you know, I- I was it was I was 1997. So it was about seven or eight years old when I went through Saturn transit, and I was the one. I have a twin sister and an older brother, and I'm the youngest. And I told her, "Mom, Capricorn Moon, such a brat." I was like, "You drink way too much, <laughs> <laughs> you know." And I like showed her everything, and I had my case already filed, and I was like, "Not <laughs> acceptable, right?" And I'll never forget it. She had a wine glass in her hand. She put it down on the coffee table next to her, and she said, "All right, I'm never going to do it again." And she really never did. And I know that that story is heartbreakingly rare.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And I went with her to those AA meetings and I grew up in Al-Anon spaces. And so I took the vow of sobriety as an early child because I was realizing so young what it was doing to people. And I was so proud of my mother for breaking those habits. That I just sort of said she will never be the only one at family gatherings that's just drinking seltzer and cranberry juice she will always have me in the room with her and we're gonna do this together and we did
1: uh now I'm a little teary
0: I know every time people talk about my mom I'm (laughs) like I'm gonna cry (laughs) but I do I love my mom so much I mean just for her astrology you'll know she's a sun in the 12th house double cancer rising Libra moon like she is an earth angel so it's like, I just want to be a person who supports her and stabilizes her so she doesn't have to do this work alone.
1: That was what I was going to ask. I was going to ask what her three were.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I figured i know that. I was like, and that's the beauty of what we do. Because as soon as I tell people, she's got to son the 12th house, they go, oh my God. Yeah, of course. She's a little goddess among men. I'm like, exactly. So I don't want, I didn't want her to be by herself. And so I just never even had the option, kind of like you were saying. And I think that was such a blessing. Yeah, because I just couldn't, go to other places circumstances situations events and substances to avoid myself you know and so when the jupiter return hit at twenty three, twenty four, that's when i was just bottoming out and i distinctly remember saying god if you're alive or whatever the fuck is going on here if you can hear me like i really need help and then that's i don't know how i got from that prayer to listening to marian williamson but that's exactly what happened mm-hmm.
1: When we take in so much sugar and substance, that mm-hmm. actually starts to dampen ourselves. And we don't have that connection to source energy mm-hmm. in the same way. This has been something because I've went through it in my life. Um, every time I've gotten more clairvoyant, more claircognizant, every time I've gotten closer to my own God within I start drinking because it's not something that we were raised in. So it didn't make sense to me. You know, I was raised in a very Catholic household. I went to Catholic school. And so like the things that I was hearing and feeling weren't represented in my life. I didn't see that. But I think that's why you were able to connect so deeply and quickly to that source energy and like hear it because you weren't distracting yourself from it. And you weren't shifting the way that your cells vibrate with that frequency.
0: Ooh, no, that was a beautiful spiritual one. yeah, because I didn't even think about that connection around what's well, because I didn't have things around me to distract my right. or like kind of water down the ability to hear that intuitive sense. But no, you couldn't have said it more clearly. And I, to this day, don't even know like how I got to hearing Marianne speak. But she was, it just initiated so much Jupiter return energy, which you're about to have soon, Miss Jupiter and Aries. Okay. <laughs> but it really did. It just pushed me in a whole new direction that I still live with today. And I'm just so grateful for that. So, yeah.
1: Well, that's amazing. I think that you're like ahead of. The time, because I think that's what's happening for us now. It's like this mass awakening that's happening now, and you were able to tap into that at such an early age. You know how the universe—if you don't want to learn a lesson—they bring it around and around and around.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, uh-huh. Don't we know it, uh huh? It just comes back louder and more dramatic. Like, will you listen to me? I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And if you if, sometimes, if you take the invitation first, it's going to flow really easily. But that takes a lot of trust and we haven't been raised in trust. We've been raised in scarcity. There's been reasons for it. So no judging here, but the fact that we can actually be critically thinking about it and looking at it now and feeling the difference when we let go of that and see how the flow comes and we are part of the flow. It's so amazing, right?
0: It really is. And I love that you mentioned scarcity. And I also love that you talked about how trust is the antidote for scarcity, Mm -hmm. right? Because yeah, I've heard Dr. Brené Brown who has really shaped my life and my work and everything. She probably doesn't even believe in astrology. So that's why it's just so funny. But like, she's just shaped everything. But I watched her talk about scarcity with Oprah again. And she was talking about how it thrives on you and me believing that we have reasons to be scared. Mm -hmm. Here's whose fault it is here's why they're to blame. And when you think about how trust could allow us to work with a completely different frame of mind, emotional reaction, and just existence with other sentient beings. I mean, it's, it's really illuminating. And I also think that scarcity culture has seized so much of astrology too. So it's like, it's everywhere, you know? And so we have to be the people to just sort of say, well, wait a minute, let's talk about trust. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about self-trust right mm-hmm. and how much are we using these conversations from astrology all the way to other versions of higher consciousness to weaponize certainty tell people who's to blame and keep people real sure that we have all the answers and there's nothing uncertain anymore
1: yes oh my gosh and you know what happens when we have trust well we relax i know and, and we yes. have less pain
0: yes and pleasure i know yeah like, the pleasure principle, right? Yeah. Aries Moon, Janet Jackson. <laughs> it's really it. Yeah. And we can just sort of be in co-creation and embodiment mm. and, and just, I know, and that there's nothing better than that. And I don't even have Aries energy in my chart, but I just love, I have a South node in the first, so it's like close, not really, but no Aries energy has, has taught me this since the beginning.
1: Nice. You don't have any Aries energy in your no. chart. Wow!
0: I said to the universe just the other day, please, 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 let me be born in this next lifetime with Aries and Virgo.
1: <laughs> wow! <laughs>
0: I was like, I want more of those energies in my astrology.
1: Oh my gosh, that's interesting. Aries and Virgo, they're they're, oh, they're so different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I need, it. I need it and actually speaking of like the resonance to your work one of my friends and real just mentors in the field her name is dr holly richmond and she's a somatic psychologist who specializes in providing sexual abuse and sexual assault survivors real reclamation of pleasure and reclamation of joy that's her entire field of interest is how mm-hmm. to move the survivor into thriving and she's an aries stellium like you and specializes in somatic psychology the study of the body
2: really- nice
0: I know. I, I, I did her chart uh, last year and I just could not believe the resonance. So you're all in the same category. I love it.
1: Yeah. I'm actually a pelvic floor therapist. So bingo. Yeah. See?
0: Right. I know. And like how Aries as the wisdom of the body, it's just, it's so it's beautiful. I just love to see those resonances. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's so interesting because my whole life I've been super clear cognizant. I feel it in my body immediately. People don't think I know what they're thinking, but I do. It's my body tells me. And that's been my thing with Pisces, you know, because Pisces and Aries. But I have this draw to them, I think, because of my Mars and Lilith and Pisces. And um, we have this like crazy passion, but then they cannot handle my (laughs) non-filter. It's too much for them. It's like so overwhelming, but... I know what they're thinking, but they won't tell me. They just like lock down and close up. And I'm like out here. And it's just this, this Girl, unending circle.
0: <laughs> you just summarized so much of my relationship with Pisces men, and they're the ruler of my eighth house. I'm like, universe, must you? I like, <laughs> willing, you know. But it's just like, why are you not telling me what I know is true? Stop lying to yourself. Right, right, I know,
3: I know,
1: right, right, right. Go onto this <laughs> I also wanted to mention Brene Brown. Oh. Yeah, when I used to date, I haven't dated in a really long time. I'm starting, look, I have my rose quartz starting to open. Nice. Okay. bring that
0: heart, baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but when I used to date and I was in a lot of karmic loops with dating and I would be going through a separation and with pain, all the pain, oh. I would have Brene Brown on loop all day long, all day long. <laughs>
0: That was your soul elixir. I <laughs> yeah. What was, was it, was it a book? Was it her YouTube
1: interview? Her YouTube. What? I, I'm, I'm a uh, audio learner. Yeah. I really need the audio. I love to read, but I need constant audio and I'm a visual learner. So I need those senses to be activated. But yeah. I would just have it playing all day long and it would get me through. It's amazing. The power and vulnerability, which we didn't, again, wasn't programmed into us. is just so it's a superpower. It is, but it's really our innate nature that gets programmed out of us. So it's like what I tell people, cause I'm i I'm also a hypnotherapist is I tell people what we're doing.
0: <laughs> I'm a lot. No, I do this. I do that. I do I love it.
1: I tell people most of the time, our soul growth is <laughs> dehypnosis.
0: Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I know it's amazing. Yeah, see, and I'm in a review phase of like my fourth or fifth go-around of Course in Miracles. And it was just saying, like, my thoughts do not mean anything. I see I'm upset because I see something that is not there. You know, it's these centering mantras around how let's just be a little bit more skeptical of the ways in which our thoughts take shape and just really deprogram to go into that dehypnosis and then learn a different way of vision which gives us knowledge. And then that's where we have the truest definition of peace. Yeah.
1: Right. Rediscover our divinity. Like that's the thing. I came in and I'm like, I know how divine we are. I know we could levitate. Like I knew this in my bones. And I'm like, what are we doing? Why aren't we doing this?
0: And then can we just talk about the possibilities of other ways of the miraculous mindset of like alternative ways? And I think how beautiful that you never forgot life could be another way you distracted at other things, but you always came back to that. Go ahead.
1: And I think it had to be that way as the wounded healer, because I've been wounded through this whole life and healing these wounds through this whole life. And I don't think I would be where I'm at. And then with my Mercury in Aries, I can speak it.
0: Oh, bingo. Right. Which yeah. is always that I think the role of our work is to give voice and language to these things so people know that they're not alone. And then through the demonstration, we're modeling that when we communicate these things, Mm -hmm. it doesn't give power to the experience or power to the emotion. Who gets the power? We do. We have the grip. We can regulate because we gave it voice. It's a very Gemini moon as well of like, you cannot heal what you're not revealing. Right. And so can we just talk and be real please for the love of Christ on the cross?
1: <laughs> so I'm kind of dying like I really want to know your personal planets. Can we is that sure. is that a possibility? Yeah, sure. I feel sure. like we're talking about mine but I'm like I I want the juice on you. <laughs> oh
0: god, all right. So right, Leo rising sun in Capricorn, uh, excuse me, sun in Gemini, moon in Capricorn, Mercury retrograde in Gemini conjunct the sun. Ooh uh <laughs> I know boy. Uh Venus and Gemini too. Uh then I got a Mars in Cancer, and then a Jupiter in Gemini, and then Saturn, Uranus, Neptune in Capricorn, and a Pluto in Scorpio.
1: So you're like the Gemini of my Aries.
0: A hundred percent, yes. Like wow. four.
1: Planets.
0: I got four planets in Capricorn too. But then during my first astrology reading, um, her name is Maria de Simone, Insightful Astrology. Love her with all my heart. Uh, she then said. I think Capricorn wins, though, because your ruling planet is in the 10th house of Capricorn. Oh, very Gemini. But Capricorn
1: may win. Does that resonate with you?
0: Oh, my God. Yes.
1: You yes. feel very Cap?
0: In my bones, Lori. It's almost <laughs> annoying. It's like, it's. I wish I did it. And I said it in my bones. Like Capricorn rule pain. The structure of the body. Here we go. But no, very much so. Like, it's where I'm at my most peaceful. It's where I feel safe and secure. I love working. I love the the responsibility of my work. I love being around other Capricorn-influenced people. I love the winter. Uh, I, I, I do. I love solitude. Oh yeah, I love emotion regulation. I love a nice firm, like this is the way it's got to go down. Oh yeah, Capricorn Energy and me are like a hot knife through butter, a hand finding a glove, water and a sponge. It's like, I love it.
1: Oh man. I'm always wishing I had more earth energy because I'm so fiery. I want more of that groundedness. My first love was a Capricorn and I believe that they had to be like, I really do because I was so like all over the place and they were so grounding for me. And then I hung out with them like 10 years later. I was like, why were we ever together? (laughs) <laughs> but now I know, like, I needed that. I needed that energy. So that's incredible. And I think that's what I love about you so much is that you and Jessica. Oh. Because you can go into this esoteric field, like because you can get into like such deep spirituality in a very grounded way, I feel like it's a wonderful bridge for people that it's not innate in them right now. And so they're needing more support in these transitions and shifts. And I feel like y'all are blowing up for that because you have a great way to walk with them into these worlds or these different dimensions, really.
0: Oh, thank you so much for saying that. I know because Jessica and I were just talking about this the other day and she was like, she was essentially saying that like, we are not like the astrologer's astrologer, you know, we're like, Jessica is definitely somebody who I think would work with activists, with uh, people who are in movement spaces, liberation work, like she is for people who are trying to operationalize spiritual principle in really dark and complex places, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And I kind of said, yeah, I think I would be maybe a therapist astrologer or a psychologist a clinician's astrologer because for that reason I want to talk to them about ways in which what they're saying and what I'm saying sound the same or I should say are the same really we're just using different language and that's right. okay and yeah. I really love that I think yeah to the capricorn quality that's where I'm at home is like you know high minded academia not like ivory tower gatekeeping like nothing like that but I just I love the the culture of learning I love being in those spaces and bringing that to astrology and higher consciousness is such a gift. And I just love people who are theoretically, of course, you know, really emotionally regulated and can speak on behalf of I'm feeling this just wanted to let you know, I don't want to make this a problem. Like, I don't, I I don't do well in the subliminal in the in between the lines, the confusion, the self deception, like who does, you know, so that's why I love Capricorns, because I know where I stand with them. And they know exactly where they stand with me.
1: Well, interesting. And that must be your bridge to why you love Aries energy because Aries and Cap are are pretty separate as well. The fact that you can bridge those two together in that same energy is really awesome.
0: And they do because they're cardinal signs, Mm -hmm. right? So the four cardinal signs, Libra, Aries, Cancer, Capricorn, they they are of the same family they're just expressing the energy really differently, right? And so I think it was like in one of Jessica's books, she put like uh, Capricorn and Aries together and her first line was, who's the boss, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because, right? And like, I think there is this quality of like Aries and Capricorn, like my best friends in Aries moon and Aries stellium. And we basically love and support each other so much because we never project insecurity. We don't feel like, who are you to say this? And you're too much. It's like, no, you are exactly who you need to be. And we love that about you. And our friendship is constantly encouraging autonomy, freedom, self-sufficiency, you know, uh, a feeling of like healthy reliance upon others, but not to the point of abandonment of self, right? And so that's why our friendship just has taken us to wonderful places because we're so loyal, we're so supportive. And we know that like, she has her strengths, I have mine. And we never feel like we have to overcompensate. It's like, girl, step up here, I'll step back. Colin, you do this, I'll shut the fuck up. And it works beautifully.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you don't feel threatened by each other's strengths. Never,
0: And, and I think maybe that's what cardinal signs, you're kind of giving me a lot of lessons here. Cardinal signs love that when they can see other people who are in their strength and power and go, honey, rock on. Like, Look at, again, the, that class of Aries women who I just described, Like, their primary message is like, we respect you if you respect us and you're so powerful so you can do whatever you want. And that's what I love about the Aries-Capricorn axis right? Because they are inspiring nothing but that level of strength, just radiance and life force. And yeah, I love it. I could talk about it for hours, as you can see.
1: Yeah, I feel like my superpower is being other people's cheerleader. Oh, yes. Big
0: Aries energy. Exactly. Yeah. I know. I'm like, my Aries girlfriends would move heaven and earth for me. And yeah. I do not take that for granted, you know, and like, back to my best friend, she flew across the world for me. Because I had this random study abroad trip. Like she was just like, oh, I'll be there. You know, Oh yeah. she holds my hand when I have to get tested for HIV and I don't Mm -hmm. want to be alone. Like she is just, I call my Aries, my down ass bitches. Like they are there for everything.
1: (laughs) Oh man, if you asked me to go uh, to Europe tomorrow with you, I would do it. (laughs) I would do it.
0: I would do it that is big fire energy once again like so if you're ever thinking like i am too much for human consumption just go Mm-mm. it's just they can't handle the heat and they deserve <laughs> to be in winter climates and i just don't want to give it to them so oh my no god way. i
1: love
0: that <laughs> Amsterdam tomorrow i know yeah
1: <laughs> okay real quick are you ready for this yes i have a grand cardinal cross
0: oh of course you do big yeah. cardinal energy okay so in <laughs> Aries. Oh, well, you have all four because it's the grand cross. So where's your Libra?
1: My Pluto is in Libra. Pluto, Libra my Aries. Saturn's in Cancer and yeah. my crown midheaven is in Capricorn and my Jupiter is in Aries.
0: Nice. Okay. So that is, I would say of the Grand Crosses, that might be the one of the most easy to regulate oh it's a, lot. it's a lot don't get me wrong right because it's, so it's about holding it and leveraging it you know but I would say that would be one that could be just a wellspring of power within
1: mm. oh yeah. you keep talking so sexy to me like <laughs> I want to be in your girl gang like I want <laughs> yeah, right. to you,
0: like, now that I know you have an Aries Stellium, it's like yeah we're in the same. Okay.
1: I also okay. want to read a quote from you
0: oh my god That's-
1: <laughs> now this is it, it's an easy one because it's on your website and I just loved what you wrote so I wanted to just say it here because I feel like it really goes with what we're talking about. And you said I'm reverenced by astrology's ability to bestow clarity and peace to people's hearts. That's why I'm committed to ensuring Queer Cosmos expands access to this conversation for all. We need your voice because the zodiac is designed to be a space for the choir, not the soloists. I'm so grateful you're here. Welcome Yeah. It just feels so good. I mean, words matter and your energy just is so welcoming and fun. Yeah. The hard stuff can even be fun, right? Yes. And I feel like right now there's a lot of hard stuff, like you said, but yeah. there's so much potential for yeah. what we can do and what we can access within ourselves. And when you make it fun, it takes the fear out of it.
0: Oh, Ooh. okay. See, I never even, wow. You just read me because I did always wonder like, am I watering this down? Am I like almost a parody of myself? Like, why do I feel the need to like not take this too seriously? <laughs> you know, like, is this, is this my Gemini energy wreaking havoc? But I think you're right. I, I would like to approach these conversations and these experiences from a place of levity. Mm-hmm. So that the fear isn't there. And of course we could talk about serious things seriously,
3: mm-hmm. but we
0: don't have to be totally in that energy, right? I think that the, the, the joy of being a Gemini is that we can just apply a little bit of a reverence and a little bit of entertainment to it and joy and sense of humor to make people really get it. So thank right. you for doing that. I'm going to really think about that.
1: Going along with your Gemini theme there. I think what we can also take to heart right now is that we can be in pain and light, We Um, don't have to be one or the other. Like we can be so many things and that's okay. And that's the fluidity of who we are. Ooh, yeah, this is what I wanted to talk about. And I think this is why astrology is coming so far online. I keep telling people we're like the weather, right? (laughs) (laughs) So if you imagine that your human avatar is the weather, you're going to fluctuate. And we had this idea that was kind of pumped into us that we're not supposed to have mental health breakdowns. We're not supposed to feel bad or depressed. Like we need to sacrifice ourselves to look fine, to do the job, to be in this like box. Yeah, exactly. I wish you could see what he's doing because he's, (laughs) he's exemplifying it. Um, And so I think that when we actually start to realize that we are the universe. We are the planets. We're like our cells vibrate to nature that in winter, you know, goes quiet in summer. It comes alive. Then we go with the fluctuations of life and with our rhythms and our mental health. Isn't so stigmatized. It's actually celebrated.
0: That's so true. That's so true. Beautifully, beautifully expressed. Yes. And we're also given the permission to change. Yes. And adapt. Forgive that loud noise. It was letting <laughs> us know that Venus is sextile Uranus. It was that's also
1: cool. letting us know that that was on point. Oh, yeah, right. It was <laughs> I
0: I the jig. I know a lot of times you would say something like the dog will bark, and I'm like, good, this is nature in agreement, in alignment with the areas of energy, energy here. Yeah, it gives people the capacity to change and be multidimensional. And I'm, that's Another function of astrology, right, is we have every single zodiac sign within us. We might just have a certain specialty of one over some others, but we have the entire choir of astrology within us. And isn't that a beautiful thing? And so the question becomes, where are you not totally accepting your own multidimensionality and integration? And how can you show up more as the complete and wholehearted person you are? So your life experience and your relationships, because you're self-accepted there, has no choice but to validate that for you.
1: Mm. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love the cap accentuation. (laughs) You're like, boom.
0: (laughs) Again, this mood side of my, it just is constantly coming out. You know, (laughs) I'm trying to, I'm I'm loving it more and more. Actually. I used to get into a lot of trouble with it in my early twenties. I'm sure like you got in trouble with Aries, right? Like you are too much. Right. And then meanwhile, I wouldn't say this now, but I maybe if I was really activated, I'd be like, well, you're not enough. Well, I have to be because you're not giving me anything. So I got to be turning on all the fire because you're boring, right? (laughs) Sometimes, um, but no, it's, I'm learning to love the Capricorn moon.
1: I love it. Hey, so actually we're at the end of the astrological year. We're about to hit the astrological new year. I'm going to put this episode out on the astrological new year.
0: 21st. Happy Aries season. Yes. Because I swear, I feel it. The minute I'm in a Cardinal season, I'm like, yes. Yes, I know. I love it. I love it. Let's do it.
1: So the thing that stands out to me with like the big energies of Pisces mm-hmm. and then moving into Aries, so the end of the year into the new year of the astrological calendar is, I feel like it's almost this beautiful balance of the divine feminine and sacred masculine. Oh, great. Because Pisces, you know, is really all about our intuition and our cosmos and our spirituality. I see it just as like this flowy energy. And then Aries is like, take that and be strong with it. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: One hundo. Yeah, I, was, I just made a video about this earlier where I'm trying to kind of instill a sensibility in my work around astrology being a continued conversation and that, you know, it's all an ongoing kind of timeline. And so something I felt moved to share that Pisces energy for me actually has a lot to do with trauma treatment. Mm. And then Aries season has a lot to do with trauma recovery. Mm. Douglas Brown Harvey, who works in the field of marriage and family therapy, like speaks on this metaphor that when we're in trauma treatment, it's like we have a cast on a broken bone and we're trying to protect the broken bone from being, you know, infiltrated or you know, just disrupted by external influence, right? To otherwise delay right. the, the healing process. And so that's trauma treatment. Mm -hmm. And then there comes a point where after the fracture has theoretically healed, we have to take the cast off and start to integrate the, the newly formed bone into our external world so that we can go into trauma recovery. And we can go into the fact that like now I'm not honoring a memory of something in the past anymore by locking my life force out in the present. I'm back with a vengeance because I had my cast on. And I think sometimes the higher consciousness and spiritual community, back to the Capricorn Sunium, and may need to know, like people, take the cast off.
1: Yeah, the integration is so important.
0: A hundred percent, because the ego loves talking about itself, and sometimes we can do that a lot here. And so every once in a while, we have to say, "All right, you've done the integration. Take the cast off, and go live your life with more fearlessness." Now, yeah.
1: Wow, that's wonderful. Thank you for explaining it that way, and that just uh, prompted a thought in me. You do a lot of relationship work, right?
0: Oh, most assuredly. That's really that was my Saturn return existential, ha, 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 right? <laughs> but now I'm like, I'm not sure if Saturn return is always like an external something. It might be for some folks, but for me, it oh, it felt like a lightning rod was coming from the sky. Like you got to do this, you know. Yeah. And I'll never forget it. September 14th, 2019, the moment when Saturn was exact my natal Saturn. It. I heard loud and clear, like your work absolutely must position itself within the loneliness epidemic. You must be providing people with relational skills and emotional regulation as well, because if we're not understanding that the quality of our life is determined by the quality of our relationships, Mm. then we're not talking the talk or walking the talk, I should say. So that's really now become the kind of centering quality of my work. And that's why I surround myself with marriage and family therapists, even though I'm not one, Uh, but they have really kind of helped me influence the the material in a way that is speaking to how to apply this information in our relationships. Because with the exception of self-employment, is there a realm in our life that really demands spiritual musculature like romantic and intimate relating? I don't know. I haven't found it yet. You know? Right. So that's why I try to stay. And here's how we can apply these things in the laboratory of romantic and intimate relating. Yeah.
1: I mean, I always feel like love, like, love's our thing. Right. It's I, I, we are love and we desire love and we want to surround ourselves with love. Also, we've created a place of a lot of disharmony and wounding in that love. Like love can be the biggest joy that we have and it can be the biggest pain that we have, you know, and I feel like that's such a great core. It's such a great foundation to really be working with because our relationships are our teachers. There are mirrors. I love calling it reflective work because I'm really understanding that every single thing throughout my day is a chance to reflect. It's a chance to look inside. Like you said before, I'm pretty sure you referenced this for so long. We've been like blaming the outside, like you did this and it's, this is your fault. And this is why I feel this way. And now that we're opening that mirror and turning it on ourselves. And it's like, wait a second. None of this is about you. You're you, you have your sovereignty. And so do I.
0: Yes, and who do I want to be in the space of what's happening? Because as Stare Perel says beautifully, relationships are a feedback loop. Mm -hmm. And so sure, someone might have done something in their sovereignty. And now that problem is, even though done by their hands, in yours now. So what are you going to do about it? And I think that level of radical responsibility while unpopular is an approach and pathway to total freedom. Because what price do we pay if we don't take 100% responsibility for our life? Then we can't change it because it's everybody else. And then in the clinical literature and relationships, that's called hostile dependence. Mm. So do we want to depend on other people's decisions with hostility? Or do we want to put the power within and say, okay, I see where I missed the mark. I see where I reacted from defensiveness. I see where I gave you my number and I had all the red flags and I shouldn't have done it okay so now what i'm gonna do is take total ownership of my life in the space of what's happening because this is where i can exist in alignment in integrity of relationships or mirrors and just i think we'll play a completely different game that way or that that's what my capricorn stallion would say
1: uh everything in my planets agrees Okay. All of my planets agree. <laughs> my homemade <chart> said that. <laughs> oh my gosh. so w- i'm I'm watching the time. Oh, so considerate. There's so much more. Like we haven't even talked to Saturn Square and Uranus. Uranus,
0: I don't <laughs> know the Eastern European accent comes out. Um, well, I, it's definitely the transit of 2021.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: think that we're going to be confronted with the paradox of stability and progress, right? So clearly Uranus and Taurus wants us to find a sense of disruption and change through preservation. And then Saturn and Aquarius wants us to find discipline in how we change things. So yes, it's a square, but it's really interesting because I'm like, but are they really that different? You know, so that's why, like, it, it will definitely texture 2021, but I think the focus is how do we find safety and uncertainty?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: How do we discipline our thinking to really be about the change we wish to see, right? right? Otherwise, all the world is, is a reflection of other people's thinking. So what are we doing to think differently about the world to be about the changes that 2020 has taught us we actually need to be about?
1: Do you feel like there's um, an energy there of trusting our intuition as well? Like with Uranus, like, like taking our intuition more seriously.
0: Ooh, I like that because I, yeah, I think Taurus, well, all zodiac signs, I think can be deeply intuitive. I do think Taurus feels things right in their body. It's this feeling of like, mm, this doesn't align with my values. I don't know about this. Let me figure this out. Right. So yeah. And do our intuitions, just does our faith really get proven in the work that we're doing says saturn right because we could be about it and talk about it until kingdom come isn't that right. nice and pretty right but if we're not actually walking the talk and really doing everything that we can to put this into practical application what are we doing
1: right so saturn is squaring yaranis Uranus,
0: <laughs> Uranus.
1: <laughs> february 17th which already happened yes. whoo that was intense right. June 14th and December 24th of 2021. Do you feel like it's going to, like the, that integration is going to get more intense and louder as we keep going through this square?
0: I do, I do. Because what I've noticed just in my research is that the one in July, right? That was the second one. Was it June or July?
1: June, June 14th.
0: Uh, and that'll be right around the solar eclipses. I think that's going to be the heavy hitter.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: we might see something That's operationalizing the wisdom of what we learned in June come December. Mm. And a lot of it may have to do with American policy and American politics, right? Talk about finances. Talk about the fact that this country, by and large, its citizens are trained to expect so little.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And I I think sometimes we need to remember that like, one of the primary functions of a flourishing economy, right? And we're flourishing largely because of American imperialism and American colonialism, which is a whole nother story, Right. right? Yet... One of the functions of a flourishing economy is so that American citizens can not have economic anxiety and economic despair. So why is it that 50% of our budget is spent to learn how to kill people? And then in the vast majority of our stimulus packages, it went to the richest among us and went to tax policies for big business, big pharma, big tech, et cetera. And I think there has to come a moment where we just sort of say, well, wait a minute. Why is it that I am, as an American citizen, I'm am just expecting hardly anything? And what can we do to really make sure that I get the benefit of the citizenship to which I am a part of?
1: I mean, okay. it's so interesting. <laughs> oh, sorry. What did you say?
0: I was like, here we go, getting political, but it's like, I know.
1: <laughs> let's go there. Well, and you know, with all of these Aquarian energies, it is about freedom, individuality, but how is our sovereignty going to affect the collective? Like, how is our truth actually going to come, our soul's purpose come and be a part of the greater collective? So I just posted something about what if the whole collective was thought of first Mm -hmm. in all of our decisions? Like what, like, just imagine that because it's never happened. Like Mm -hmm. the wealth gap got bigger. It became the biggest that it's ever been in COVID in 2020. Mm -hmm. But also with our sovereignty coming online, I feel like we're paying attention. We're talking about it. We're having the conversations, which has never happened before. And, you know, big change isn't comfortable and it doesn't happen fast, which is where we have to really trust in the divine unfolding and timing. But it takes, like you said, it takes people having critical thinking and being in their heart space with the critical thinking, you know, and remembering that every single human on this planet is here for a reason. They're here for a purpose.
0: Yes, Saturn and Aquarius. I love (laughs) it. A hundred percent.
1: I don't even know what took us there. Did it Saturn squaring Uranus take us it there? It
0: was uh, <laughs> how the individuals now the collective, and you were saying like how do we move in those places? Well, we as American citizens would have to really disenthrall ourselves with the rugged individualist American myth. We can't just be about my dreams coming true. Yeah. It needs to be about, well, what about my neighbors and what about my people? And what about the people who I don't even agree with politically and wow. how we're actually moving from, you know, the individualist to the communal quality of connection. And if there ever was a transit to enforce that, it would be Saturn in Jupiter and Aquarius. So here's hoping.
1: Yeah, nice. And we get it not once, not twice, but thrice times to thrice. really, <laughs> to really so hone it
0: in. Old, we're speaking old <laughs> English and we're also Eastern <laughs> European. No, <I> love it. <laughs>
1: That's that thing of the universe coming back around. It's like, hey, let's do it again. Let's do it again.
0: <laughs> That's right. We just didn't get it the first time. So we're going to do it two more times. I love it. Thank you, universe, because we are slow to get it. But once we get there, Man, we can slam it like nobody's business.
1: We can change the world. Oh, we can change the world.
0: <laughs> you changed my morning. I like, I've yeah. Yes.
1: You changed mine too. Yay. <laughs> this is better than a date. Like this kind of this, I, I always tell people astrology is my religion and spirituality is my love language.
0: Perfect. Works for me. I'm down <laughs> with that.
1: <laughs> okay. The last question, who would your dream guest be and why? Oh.
0: Mm. Mm, mm, mm. probably Brene yeah I, I know I would just love to talk to her and be like Brene I understand you may not believe in astrology but you're a Scorpio you would have been listening to Teddy Roosevelt another Scorpio like can I just try to convince you that astrology is real <laughs> <laughs> probably who I'd want to talk to like that it would just be an honor and just to thank her for the work that she's done in changing countless people's lives like I would just love to just like light her up, you know?
1: Right. Well, and I feel like she really is a modern times pioneer, like doing that kind of vulnerability work with people resisting it at that time. I know. I know.
0: Like what she's done in her work to really help me maintain my work, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, criticism and how to be emotionally exposed on the internet i mean if i didn't have the gifts uh, the gifts of imperfection on my left and of course the miracles on my right we would not be having this conversation mm. so it would just be such an honor to thank her and then also just be like can i do your astrology chart please can i do can i give you a reading <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> i love it well and that's such an honor for her like to hear that to impact people's lives in that way is so incredible it's absolutely That's the stuff that dreams are made of.
0: Yeah. And you can tell that she's not doing it because she believes, oh, it only has to be in the millions. And I want to be a New York Times bestseller. I mean, she was a social worker for crying Out Loud, one of the country's most underrated, undervalued positions. Right. But she just started to realize, hey, this could catch on if it was more accessible. Right. Then things exploded. I don't think she had any idea I was going to get to where it is now, which is almost more the reason why I love her.
1: It's actually incredible because that actually produced a place of vulnerability for her that became a part of her work and she's talked about.
0: Yeah. And I think she's really transparent about how being a public figure really is the arena by which she's applying what she's preaching. And sometimes she gets it right and someday she gets it wrong. And I think that's why people love her because she has so much transparency around, yo, this sucks sometimes, <laughs> you know, but I'm grateful in a lot of ways. And let's just, like you were saying, pain and pleasure, love and grief. Like we can't separate one from the other. I'm here for the whole thing. So just want to tell you, this is what the whole thing is. And I just love her for that.
1: Yeah. Well, And I'm going to put you all in the same category of making it fun. You both make it fun. You make it accessible. You're so authentic. Language matters. I feel like you're both very intentional with your words, even in a relaxed tone. Yeah, That's an art. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you for creating and bringing that art to the masses.
0: Well, and I'll just tell you speaking of an art form, you really have such a wonderful gift of letting other people feel seen, heard, known, and valued and really just cherished in your presence. So thank you for saying that. I feel really almost like a spiritual chiropractic, like whoosh, right? <laughs> now I can go to work. Uh, because you're just, like precepts my invertebrate. Um, and you're clearly in it for those reasons. And it's just been such a joy to connect to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm gonna say real quick, I uh, feel like I'm getting all of my dream guests as astrologers. Like, I of yeah. course I would love jessica and chris like they're at the top oh, of. Good. i'd love totally. to get them in but you are absolutely a dream guest molly mccord annie like i feel so blessed that somehow my airy spirit is like coming through the airwaves and you all are receiving it and coming to talk to me so thank you thank you thank you Oh my God, my
0: pleasure. Thank you for just like turning up the volume on this Wednesday with five (laughs) planets in Aries. Okay, it's what I needed. And honey, you are never too much for anybody else. Like you are more than enough and just enough in all the best ways. So keep shining and I'll just be like fanning your flames. Every
1: oh time. yes, I, I love it. it. Love it. So what I've got to say is Colin is extremely booked out. I actually tried to book a reading with him this morning and went through I think July, that I still haven't found <laughs> any openings. Which My book will open awesome. in
0: the summer. Yeah, this summer is when I'm going to reopen them because they're they're closed until June. And I was like, huh? So amazing, good problem. But let me, I'm going right. to recalibrate. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so give us your deets. Tell us how people can work with you if they can't book one-on-one sessions until the summer. But watch right. it in the summer. Tell us everything. We need more Colin in our lives.
0: Sales. Oh my God. God. God bless in advance. Um, no. So <laughs> I have three books out, and uh, you can also book mini readings with me on this app called the Intro, which I've had such a pleasure working with. They're just wonderful, wonderful people. And so what I'm trying to do is do like three mini readings per hour, just to reach people more people frequently um so that's on ios and they do zoom meetings now as well so i'll probably going to be doing one of those per day throughout all of march so maybe we can hop on a quick mini reading there and then april too because this is going to come out during aries season so before the mini uh the long readings open up in spring summer that's what i'm planning on doing every day
1: okay and it's called intro
0: i-n-t-r-o yes okay So it's just like, you could talk to astrologers, interior designers, you know, personal growth experts, uh, fashion stylists, just if you have questions for folks. And so I'm really honored to be a part of them. They've been wonderful to me.
1: Nice. That's great. Yes. And like he said, he has three books. I'm going to have all of his details down below in the show notes, but blow up his Instagram as well. He's so much fun. And the videos that he puts out are incredible. So get on all of his platforms for sure. Um, again, all of the love and blessings. And I'm just so happy. I'm bummed it's over. It's it's recorded forever. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) Aries girl gang, love you to death.
1: Yes. Thanks for changing the world and being a part of this beautiful collective on this gorgeous little planet of ours. And um, yeah, I'm going to be seeing you in the spiritual world and the human world and all of the worlds. Let's do this
0: let's do it let's rock and roll baby thank you for having me
1: all right everybody cheers Bye.
2: and with that let's normalize the struggles celebrate the quirks and lean into the light from myself and Beezus the Brave happy wild heart revolution friends
0: I've had a post Mercury retrograde shadow week and it's really been very illuminating via discomfort. But I'm just like, oh, <laughs> okay, we go.
1: that is such a sweet way to say that. I love it. I love it.